Hey everybody, today is Thursday, February 2nd, and this is the latest edition of the Sportsbook Sharps. As always, I am your host, Andy, and I will be taking you through a recap of the divisional AFC and NFC divisional or uh, conference championship games that happened last weekend. We'll dip into a bunch of college basketball this week. I got some updates for you, and I have an update on our Kansas fraud alert that we'll get into. And then, of course, at the end of the podcast, I will give you my lock of the week. Let's start by recapping last week's lock of the week. I gave you Purdue, Michigan, over 135 and a half. Winner, winner. Like I said, my lock wins. Listen to my locks. Uh, The total in that game was... (laughs) 145, never in doubt. The pace of the game made me think it was going over the whole time. Wasn't one of those games you had to sweat out. Purdue actually has hit three straight overs and four of their last games against the spread they've covered, including double-digit covers at 13.5 and at 10. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in my lock of the week. Um but we'll get into that later. Uh, playoff recap, <laughs> 49ers to Eagles. I don't even want to talk about this game. Like, Brock Purdy gets hurt. They bring in, I forget the guy's name. He was hardly in for a cup of coffee. He gets hurt. So their third and fourth string quarterbacks get hurt in the championship game. The Eagles, it was never in doubt. I was very happy to have Eagles minus, I think it was two and a half or three that day because as soon as Purdy got hurt. I knew the game was over. And then when they brought in the fourth string quarterback and he got hurt, it was absolutely over. The announcers were talking about how Christian McCaffrey's warming up, tossing the ball on the sideline. I, I don't understand. I understand that there's a 53 man roster in football, but in a playoff game in a win or go home situation, I don't understand how they can't find room for three quarterbacks on a 53-man roster. And I know it doesn't happen often. But as soon as the second quarterback went down, everybody wrote game over in their notebook. People turned off the game. People went and did anything else. It was the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday or on Sunday. I think it started at like 2 or 3. Anybody that was doing anything else continued doing it, and nobody had to tune in to watch this game because – when you brought in your third quarterback who I forget exactly what they said (laughs) on the me on the news media this week, he tore something his UCL or LCL, or I don't know, something in his arm is torn and it may require surgery. He's getting a second opinion this week. Brock Purdy is, but to have a 53 man roster and not just carry three quarterbacks in the event that the first two go down, I, I don't understand why teams don't do that. Um, Maybe it's something the NFL should do to increase the roster. Uh, but these games are unwatchable. If you don't have a quarterback in this day and age in the NFL, you can't win. I mean, look at the teams that are left. The Eagles and the Chiefs, they both have star quarterbacks. Um, Brock Purdy for the 49ers was a star sensation story. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant to potentially a Super Bowl uh, champion. And he goes out early in that game. And then Joe Burrow, obviously, with the Bengals. Everybody loves Joe Burrow. Joe Burr. Um, another superstar. Like, quarterbacks in this league matter. And to not have 
a third quarterback on that made that game totally unwatchable. And the Eagles rolled. I think they won 38 to 7 or something. I don't know. Whatever. So now we got to watch the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Well, gross. Uh, much hated Eagles as a Cowboys fan. I cannot stand them. Then let's get into the Bengals at Chiefs. I have never seen a more poorly officiated football game in all of my life. It had shades of corruption and Tim Donahue for the NBA that um, Sacramento LA Lakers series from like the early 2000s where Sacramento just absolutely got screwed and they gave the conference championship to the Lakers that year in game seven, six and seven. Well, actually the whole seven game series was poorly officiated six and seven. You can watch documentaries on it. You can watch YouTube clips, whatever. There's just egregious fouls that they don't call on like Shaquille O'Neal and Anytime Shaq got even bumped slightly, they were giving him and one opportunities. So uh, it reminded me absolutely of that. Um, just Chiefs, the refs just totally handed them the game. The end of the game, we'll start at the end and work our way backwards, but end of the game, Mahomes is running out of bounds. He flopped bigger than life, all right? I don't have a big beef against Patrick Mahomes. He's whatever to me. I, he's a very good quarterback. I don't dislike him. I also don't like him. I do like that State Farm uh, Andy Reid commercial on the plane where he's drawing mustaches on people. I think that's very funny. Uh, Mahomes is in that commercial. But I don't I don't have anything for or against him. I'm not like my wife and her sister and how they absolutely can't stand Mahomes. And every time he does anything, they're yelling at the TV at him. I'm not that way about him. But he he flopped. He flopped. He, he got pushed a little bit out of bounds and he went flying like he got hit by a Mack truck. I just, I cannot believe the officials didn't take the situation into account and look at that and say, okay, this guy barely put a hand on him. He's barely had just stepped his first foot out of bounds. We cannot throw a flag here for roughing the passer. When they let Joe Burrow get absolutely bodied all game and didn't throw a flag, and then they want to throw a flag for that. The kickoff earlier in the game, the punt. Chiefs at least three blocks in the back. You can, again, you can find this. You can find the videos on um, Twitter, on YouTube, on TikTok. They're all out there. Look it up about how bad this officiating was. I mean, holding calls that were going against the Bengals and not the Chiefs, which I know you can call holding every single play in the NFL, but if you're going to call it, in situations against one team for the against the Bengals and not call it evenly with the Chiefs it's it's not equal then i i get it you either let them go on both sides and there's holding or you don't and you call out the egregious ones there were several egregious ones where you could clearly see Bengals uniforms being pulled away you know the classic the guy's got his hand out with a fistful of jersey and the refs just totally ignored it and then <laughs> I I'm, I'm, know I'm forgetting some other things. It's been a few days. I've kind of calmed down about it. But I uh, there was a play where the Bengals did end up scoring in it, so it, it didn't have any impact on the game. But it was worse than the Mahomes out-of-bounds hit. It was I think it was um, Joe Mixon 
was running out of bounds, had clearly stepped out of bounds, had a guy kind of grab him and get him out of bounds, and then a second Kansas City player came over and nailed him right in the back and knocked him to the ground. No flag. Again, they ended up scoring on that play, so that isn't making the difference. But when you look at the game and you add up all these different things, it was unbelievable. And social media was going wild. I I don't know if it's just people tired of the Chiefs. This, is their, this was their fifth straight AFC championship game, and I think we're getting that tipping point if we're not already past the tipping point like we got to with Tom Brady and the Patriots where people are just tired of seeing them every year. There gets to be a point in sports when a team makes it so many times to a championship game like that in a row that eventually you just get the public rooting against them and vilifying them and everything like that. And I think Kansas city is past that point. If not, if not at that point, they're past that point because social media was a lot of fun with the refs, blind refs. There's flags all over the field. I mean, just all kinds of memes, videos, clips. Uh, (laughs) One of my favorites is the picture of the ref that was, the head ref for the game, I forget his name now, but they were doing the classic uh, jersey swap after the game, and he, they had a photoshopped image of Mahomes swapping his jersey with the ref. I mean, just incredible, some of the stuff that came out of that game. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll get more into the Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl next week on the podcast, but that Bengals-Chiefs game, I, I did have Chiefs minus two and a half. And I did parlay it with Eagles minus two and a half. So that hit, the parlay hit, and both those bets hit. So while I appreciate that my bets won, I almost felt like I had to turn around and hand it back to DraftKings and say, I'm sorry, this has been a terrible mistake. Kansas City should not have won this game. Please take this money back. I didn't do it, but I thought about doing it. But anyway, that's a recap for the Super uh, the. <laughs> AFC and NFC championship games next week. We'll go big into the Super Bowl preview. We'll talk about some of the prop bets, the fun ones that you can make and everything like that. So we'll get it deep into it. Now I want to switch it up a little bit. I want to get into a fraud alert. Kansas. I've talked about them. They lost. I said weeks ago, watch out when they lost to Kansas state. I said, watch out because they got tough games coming up. And if you listen to me, you made money because they lost then at TCU. They lost at Baylor. Um, I told you to watch their games. If if it's a close spread, uh, you know, don't take Kansas. I'm sorry. If it's a big spread, don't get on Kansas. If it's a close spread, think about taking the underdog and the money line on them. And it would have paid off well for TCU and Baylor. I actually did bet them to beat UK. <laughs> UK is so bad. They are very bad this year. Um, And when I say bad, I mean compared to UK of past. They're not a top 25 team this year. They're probably in the top, I don't know, 50. They're probably right near the bubble, if not already in for March Madness. Um, But but for a program that talks about all their five-star recruits and how they just, they don't rebuild every year. They just, all their players go into the NBA draft and they just, They just start over and they have four new guys that come in and start that, you know, will get drafted the next year or whatever. Oh, we'll always be in the top 25. Well, they haven't been in the top 25 most of this season. So that's a big down year. I think Coach Cal might actually starting to be getting on the hot seat because he hasn't won there in a while. Um, But like I said, if you follow me on TikTok, you saw 
that I was on Kansas. I like Kansas against UK at UK, and that did happen. That did that did win. Kansas did win. Then they went out and beat Kansas State this week. So I don't know what's going to happen with these next couple of games. So I gave you those games, and then I said also watch at Iowa State and versus Texas because all both of those teams are ranked. Iowa State embarrassingly lost in overtime at Texas Tech the other day. Texas Tech had not yet won a Big 12 game, and yet Iowa State lost at it. But they've also beaten Taylor up <coughs> Taylor. They've beaten Baylor, TCU, Texas, Kansas State, and they only lost by two at um Kansas. So I don't know what to do with the ISU game. I I cannot believe they lost to Texas Tech. I had ISU in that game, lost some a little bit of money on that. I just I don't know what to think. Um Yeah, I don't know. That game Saturday, uh check the spread out if I have to think that since it's at ISU, I would have to think they're favored by two or three. I don't know. You might want to look at Kansas. If Kansas is a dog, you might want to look at the money line because they seem like they've fixed some issues. Their three-point shooting is still horrible. But if they can get it inside and get in the paint against Iowa State, I think they can beat them. I, I don't know. Iowa State totally shook my faith when they lost at Texas Tech. I thought they would roll Texas Tech. Texas Tech was dead last in the Big 12, had just barely lost to West Virginia, who was number 11 in the Big 12. <coughs> they were right at the bottom, too, not having a good year. I, so I don't know. I I think I might have talked myself out of Kansas being a fraud. They just might be very-ish, mediocre-ish. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think about this game this weekend. If it's... Iowa State by minus two or three, looking to taking Kansas. Uh, that's that's what I'm going to advise for this weekend. Uh, college basketball update. Last week I asked Big Ten, can someone other than Purdue get ranked? And IU did. They got ranked. They were 21 this week. They'd won five in a row. They looked like things were finally turning up. Uh, they got destroyed by Maryland the other day. Just absolutely pummeled by Maryland they lost by 11 and they it wasn't even that close it, they they came back a little bit at the end it was much worse than 11 the shooting was horrible uh I just I you I don't I you stink you stink and this is what has happened in college basketball this year every time somebody gets ranked they're getting knocked off uh Illinois for the Big Ten they'll probably be ranked next week if they can win at Iowa this weekend they're going to be ranked so Purdue will not be the only Big Ten school ranked next weekend. I think Illinois wins at Iowa. Iowa is just very middle of the Big Ten this year. Um, so I think Illinois wins that game. Illinois is actually sitting two in the Big Ten right now. They're they're ranked second in the Big Ten in the standings. But really after Purdue, Purdue has one loss in the Big Ten, one loss for the whole season. And then everybody else in the Big Ten has four or more losses. Purdue has, has a three-game lead right now. They may wrap up the Big Ten by mid-February if the middle of the Big Ten just keeps beating up on each other. Uh, we may be looking at a situation where Purdue has one loss in the Big Ten and second place has seven losses. Um, I just Nobody can get out of their own way in the Big Ten this year. They keep beating up on each other. Uh, 
Uh, and this is the state of college basketball in general. I want to get into it. Once again, and this has happened multiple times this year, half of the top 25 lost in the previous week. Just on Saturday alone, number 2, number 8, number 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 18, 19, and 20 all lost. 15 actually lost. That was Auburn. They actually lost twice. They lost earlier in the week on Wednesday. So it has just been an absolutely crazy college basketball season. It's very hard to bet college basketball right now if you're taking uh, spreads or even if you're just taking money lines. Sometimes you think, oh, they're ranked. They're playing an unranked team. You know, even though they're ranked 16th or 17th, they're playing an unranked team and they're playing at home. Those teams have been losing. I've never seen so many losses by the top 25. This week already, number 11, Baylor, lost at Texas. Now, Texas is number 10. So somebody, 11 or 10, had to lose there. So you can't really hold that one against the top 25. Somebody had to lose. But (laughs) Iowa State lost to Texas Tech already. Uh, They were 13. Number 20, Clemson lost. Number 7, Kansas State lost. Number 21, IU lost. Number 22, San Diego State lost. Number 17, Providence lost. And embarrassingly, number two, Tennessee lost the other night at the Swamp in Gainesville against Florida. I don't know. What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're already at nine. It's Thursday before the games are played on Thursday, and we already have nine teams that have lost in the top 25. And there's some tough games tonight. You may be listening to this podcast and think he missed a few, but it's before the Thursday night game. So let's take a look real quick at today's top 25 games. Um, Washington at UCLA. I, UCLA probably wins that, but they were one that lost last week. They were number eight that lost last week in a game that they shouldn't have lost. Houston. Uh, Houston is playing at Wichita State. Wichita State, not very good this year, but Houston almost lost. They didn't, but they almost lost at UC the other day. Oh, it was at Houston. They almost lost to UC at home. Arizona host Oregon at 1030 tonight. That could be a very interesting game. Oregon's kind of putting something together. Uh, Gonzaga number 12. They just lost at home. Do they lose at home again for the second time in a row? I don't know. That, that should be a good game. And then finally, St. Mary's is playing uh, San Francisco. San Francisco is a good team this year. I think they made the tournament last year for the first time in forever. They still have a lot of those players. They're good. That could be a heck of a game. Uh, And they could definitely cover it, if not win outright. With the state of college, I wouldn't be surprised if two of those teams or three of them lost tonight, the way college basketball has been going. It has been absolutely crazy. So the best thing you might be able to do right now that – for your March Madness bet, if you were wanting to put a bet on a team, it's not great value, but it's 10 to 1. It's not terrible value. And it's pretty good value for the team that's ranked number one consensus. Uh, everybody voted for them number one this week, the Purdue Boilermakers. 10 to 1, you can bet them right now to win March Madness. I think that's a great bet to make, especially after they stomp Indiana this weekend. I. I think that's a great bet, and you may even lose. If you don't bet it soon, it may go down and not be 10 to 1. So, uh, But 
get ready for an absolutely nuts, crazy March Madness this year. There are going to be so many top teams that get knocked off because everything is mediocre this year. The only team that has consistently won is Purdue, and everybody else is losing. I mean, it's just incredible. I look forward to this weekend to see what top 25 teams lose again this weekend. All right, now I want to get into my lock of the week. My lock this week, and I don't have the line yet, Purdue at IU. Take Purdue and the points. Like I said earlier, Purdue has won four of their last five against the spread. They've covered it, including a 13-and-a-half and a 10-point game. I don't think this gets above 10. Um, I think... I'm, if I had to play name that number, I think Purdue will come in as eight-point favorites. I think that'll be where the line opens. Um, IU plays at the Hall of Calls. They're going to be, you know, Edie already has one foul, and he's not even on the bus to go to Bloomington yet. I'm sure the fans have already started a social media campaign talking about how Edie fouls. Oh, they don't call him for fouls. Oh, 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 where are you? Oh, um, so they're already whining on social media and trying to play that up. So I think you take Purdue in the points, um, for the over under anything, 135 and lower take the over. Like I said, Purdue has hit three straight overs. They have been scoring a ton of points in their games. The only problem with the Purdue overs is their defense is so good and so elite that sometimes even if they score a ton of points, they can't hit the over because they've held the team to such a low scoring number. One of those from the, I think it was five games ago. I'm, I'm specifically referencing the Minnesota game. They held Minnesota to 12 points in the first half and only 39 for the entire game. Um, and they did not hit the over in that game. Even though I think Purdue scored almost 80 that, you know, 39 and 80 is only 119 you're not going to win many overs holding a team to 39 points. So that's the only thing I worry about a little bit with this IU game is if they let some of these IU guys shoot from three, it could get ugly fast. Um, and that's why I like Purdue in the points best of all. Like I said, anything 135 and lower, I think take the over. Um, anything 141 and higher, take the under. And then anything that's in between that for the line, you know, 136 to one. 40 stay away. I, I don't like that. No, any of those numbers at all. I can't tell you to go up or down from them. Just stay away. I think this game's like a 76 to 60 game, maybe a little closer, but not any closer than 11. Um, Purdue has absolutely owned IU the last six years. They've won 10 of 11, nine in a row at one point. In fact, my wife Darby, who I started dating in March of 2016, had never seen IU beat Purdue in basketball until they won last year on January 20th of 2022. Almost six years we dated and were married for some of those years, and she never saw IU win. Purdue has absolutely dominated them, and they're going to continue that domination this year. They're going to win both the games this year. They're, IU stinks. They're very overrated this year. In the game the other night against Maryland, that Hood Shafino kid the freshman went one for 14 from the field. Okay. Woodson, listen, don't take this advice before the Purdue game, but maybe after the Purdue game, listen in on this. If you have a freshman that starts the game one for seven or one for eight, 
you either have to pull them or you have to pull them aside and say, hey, you're pretty much done shooting today. You're one for eight. You're ice cold. We have a guy who is in the top 10 or 15 for player of the year candidate and uh, and, and tra- uh, Jackson Davis. We're going to go inside to him. He's got, he ended the game with 18 and 20 board, 18 points, 20 boards. He, he should have had way more than 18 points. When Hood Shafino started off 0 for 5, he should have been riding the pine the whole night. I mean, you're Indiana. You don't have another guard that you can put in for this guy. I cannot believe they let him shoot 14 times. I would have been kneecapping him if I was on the bench as an assistant coach or another player. Like, you got to come out of the game. Stop shooting the ball. If you go 1 for 14, you just, I don't know. So, I don't know. I think he won't come out shooting. I think uh, Woodson talks to him. But Ray Thompson also, three turnovers, and he had his ankles broken at least twice. I didn't even watch the whole game, and I saw him get so twisted around, I thought he was in the spin cycle in the wash. It was so bad the one time, uh, his defense, that the crowd laughed at him. The guy came up, crossed him over. He did a three, the, Race Thompson did a 360, thinking that the guy was going to his, his right. He turned over his right shoulder and did a complete 360, and the guy drills a shot as he's still spinning around like a top. I mean, just absolutely embarrassing. Uh, also, let's touch a little bit on the overrated part. All right, I know they're ranked, but they just lost, so they're not going to be ranked, uh, and they're going to get pummeled again on Saturday, so they definitely won't be ranked. But they're ranked right now. So let's talk a little bit about what got them ranked. They went on a five-game win streak. And you might be sitting there saying, oh, five-game win streak. That's a lot of games. Well, it is a lot of games unless you beat up on bad schools. And that's what IU did. In their five-game win streak, here are the people that they beat. Minnesota, number 14 in the Big Ten. And in case you were wondering, there are 14 schools in the Big Ten. So that is dead last. So they beat Minnesota, 14, Ohio State, 12th, Michigan State, 8th, Illinois, 2, and Wisconsin, 11th. So they beat 11, 12, and 14. The only thing they're missing is number 13, Nebraska, and they'll have the hat trick. And actually, if you look at their wins for the year, one of their Big Ten wins is against Nebraska. So it wasn't part of their five-game win streak, but a majority of their wins have come against 14, 13, 11, and 12 in the Big Ten, and they threw in Michigan State for good measure to be in the bottom half. This is not a good team. This is a team that beats up on the bad teams and that gets absolutely destroyed by the good teams. And Purdue is a great team, and they're going to absolutely destroy IU at Assembly Hall. So take Purdue, take the points, listen to what I said about the over-under and see where it goes. That's going to do it for this week. That's my lock of the week. Boiler up, and we will see you next week for a Super Bowl preview. Good luck gambling, everyone.